Thank you for downloading this podcast from Emmanuel Church Lurgan. At Emmanuel, our vision is to help rewrite the story of Craigavon, Ireland and the nations with the good news of the Kingdom of God. We hope you enjoy listening to this message. Is everybody, is everybody good? Yeah? Have you had a good weekend? You feeling a wee bit tired? Good. Um, yeah, so we're, I'm really excited. Well, when I say excited, I'm a wee bit nervous, excited um, to be sharing with you tonight. Um, uh, Dave, I said, Dave, as long as you give me enough time, like good notice, I was like the second person up. I was like, thanks, Dave. That's great. Thanks for that. But I'm really excited to look on at our theme, the charges of Timothy, and look at the second charge um, with you tonight. So hopefully you'll go on a wee bit of a journey with me um, as I do that. But last week was brilliant, wasn't it? Like, Dave's great, isn't he? Yeah, can we honour him a wee bit? He's great. Just like, <laughs> he's brilliant. Um, he just kick-started this theme off brilliantly, so he did. Um, and I'm sure so many of you got something from that. I know I did. And so I'm just going to recap a wee bit about what he chatted through to kind of continue to frame us for where I'm going to go tonight. And so one of the main things that you heard Dave say was like, you have a responsibility. And just to put a disclaimer out, you might hear me say that tonight as well. So this idea that we have a responsibility, that God has imparted something to us, that he's given us something, and that we have to take action about it. We have to do something about it. We have a responsibility. And I'm going to mention um, a wee bit of that tonight too. So I do apologize, but it's good. It's good to take action. So it was one of the main things that um, he looked at. And then he also looked mainly at this idea about the gift that is within you. And I love the little image that he used of the fire about sometimes you just got to like stir it up. You got to blow on it. You got to breathe on it. You got to like get it like going again. And I absolutely love that, that something is within every single one of you. God has imparted something in every single one of you that he wants to stir up in you. So tonight, um, if you weren't here last week or you were here last week and you've been mulling over those things, I want to tell you that you as an individual, God has gifted you in something, that he's imparted something in you. And to not forget what Dio said last week, but actually hold that and stir that up. It's really beautiful to see one of our young people, Sarah, tonight worshipping um, on the stage. Despite that being a really scary thing, she's like, I want to stir this up. I want to stir this up and go after it because she knows that she has a responsibility to be all that God has called her to be. And so that's why I loved I loved what Dave had to say last week. It's good stuff, isn't it? And hopefully I'll be able to continue on with that tonight as we look at our second charge. So we're going to like look at that. We're going to look at 2 Timothy 1.13. So I'm reading from the NLT. So it says, hold on to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learn from me a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. And another, a few other translations will say, instead of hold on, it'll say hold fast. So let's like put that in there. Hold fast to the pattern of wholesome teaching you learned from me. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. And so tonight we're going to be looking at this one first. It's a wee bit shorter than Dave's last week. Dave gave you like paragraphs upon paragraphs last week. But um, this is one verse. But I know that God has so much to say in that, even though it's one verse, even though it seems like it's only one line. And I'm going to break that into three main thoughts tonight. So hopefully you'll be able to follow along with that um, and you'll be able to like tell me after um, what I said. But um, as I said, I'm going to be breaking that down into three main points about how we can apply that to our lives. Because as we've already stated, we want to be people who take responsibility we want to take charge. We want to take action because our faith is alive. And so we want to come alive in what God has to say. 
And so to start with then, let's like kickstart it. And so that word, I want to start with those first few words because they really frame um, what this verse for me um, is all about. So hold on, hold fast. Those like two words, okay, at the start, to hold on to, um, or to hold fast. And when we were looking at last week um, about the whole stirring up the grace, the stirring up of the gift within you, even in Paul's language when he was writing that, it's about doing something, isn't it? It's action words. It's, that's a verb. I, I'm really good at English, but I've just taken a mind blank. A verb is a doing word, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So in his language that he was using, like he's using these verbs, you got to do something. It's something that you have to do. You have to put something into action. And yet again, he commands us with that again. Yet again, he commands us with something that we got to do, a verb. So you have a responsibility. There's something for you to do. So what does that look like for us? What does that look like to hold fast, to hold on? Because it's really important that we keep that little notion in our head as we go through the rest of the, the stuff that I'm going to like share tonight. What does it mean for us in its basic form, but also how we apply it to our lives, how we apply it to our walk with Jesus and all of that. And so when I initially think of to hold on to something, to hold fast, I, I literally in its basic form, I think of like holding on to something with my hand. I've got a grip on something. I've got a grasp on something. That means I'm putting energy into holding on to something. I'm putting my energy into possessing something. And um, when we look up the dictionary, this is the, the web dictionary, so it is legit, I promise. Um, it has this definition. It breaks it down into two forms, okay? And it says this, one, either to remain tightly secured or to continue to believe in or adhere to an idea or principle, to remain tightly secured or to continue to believe in or adhere to an idea or a principle. So as I journey through the rest of the, the, the stuff tonight, remember those things, what it means to hold on, what it means to hold fast, to put your energy into possessing something, to put your energy into remaining in something, into being secure, into remaining like tightly secured to something and continuing to believe in something against everything else. So why was this relevant for Timmy? Why are Timmy? <laughs> it's like it's like me and Timothy are best friends or something. <laughs> me and Peyton, I can't believe I just said that. Um, do you want to know what? When I was like going over stuff earlier, I accidentally said that, and I was like, "Katie, do not say it to me," and it just happened. <laughs> um, so why did Paul? Why was this relevant to Timothy? Oh, dear, dear, dear. Um, so why was this relevant to Timothy? Okay, why is it relevant for Paul to be saying, okay, Timothy, you got to hold on to something. you got to hold fast to something. And then, therefore, why is it relevant for us? Um, so last week, we um, had learned that Timothy was like a son to Paul. Timothy was like a son to Paul. That means that Paul had raised him up. He had journeyed with him. He had invested in him. He called him out into the things um, that he was good at, that God had for him. He taught him things. He continued to build this foundation in his, in his life that he could like stand on, okay? So Timothy was like a son to Paul. See, Paul had instilled truth into Timothy's life, and he had worked hard at cementing the truth of Christ in Timothy's life. He'd worked hard, but the question is, what was Timothy going to do with that? Paul had worked really, really hard in teaching him the truth, imparting it, instilling it, journeying with him, but now it was down to Timothy. What was he going to do with it? What was he going to do with it? Would Timothy be swayed away from what was imparted in him? 
because it was crucial that Timothy um, was a, had to be a man that knew and led his life with the truth of Christ engraved on his heart. So whether you are just living your day-to-day life with Jesus, whether you're a ministry or whatever, we've got to be people who lead our lives with the truth of Christ engraved on our hearts. People can pass it down, but we've got to be the ones that engrave it. We've got to be the ones that engrave it. There's an action there, okay? So all you English teachers remember that further. There's an action he has something to do. He had a responsibility. Um, so what, like, was he going to stand firm in it when all things would come against him? When they would say, oh, that's rubbish, Timothy. Or what are you talking about? Or this way is better, that way is better. What was he going to do with the truth that Paul had imparted him? So tonight, we need to be like Timothy. We need to be men and women who know and lead from the truth of Christ that has been engraved on our hearts. See, in life, many, many things will try and come up against you. Many, many things in life will try and speak lies and deception and deceit into your life. So many things. So many things will try and distract you from what God is wanting to implement in your life and use in your life. So many things. But we have to remember some words of Jesus, okay? John 8, 32, and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Because when we are people who know the truth, really know it, it sets us free because the enemy is the complete opposite to Jesus. He's the complete opposite to Jesus. See, Paul was passing down um, all about Jesus, this person who brings truth and freedom. And the enemy is the complete opposite. This is what it says in John um, 8, 44 about the enemy. Um, You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He was a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth, for there is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he is a liar and the father of lies. The enemy is the complete opposite to Jesus. Jesus is the bringer of freedom because he has truth. The enemy, complete opposite. He brings death. He brings destruction. He wants to steal. He wants to rob. He wants to kill. And that's really important then that we are like Timothy and we take a stand to actually, I'm going to hold on to the truth that's been imparted in me. I'm going to grab it. I'm going to hold it tight in the wind and in the waves. I'm going to be like a, like a lighthouse on those rocks and stand firm in the truth that I know. Because it's the truth that sets us free. The enemy will do anything he can to try and distract you. He'll do anything he can to bring you down, to try and take you out of the game. The world is full of lies. The world tries to tell us who we are, and it's the complete opposite of who God says we are. The world doesn't need more lies. The world needs people who know the truth and let the truth set them free so that they can free others. Um, a song that I have literally been listening to flat out recently in the mornings um, because I really like being taken this in. I gotta, I gotta be someone who knows the truth of who I am, who God is, and all of that is a Hillsong have a new album out. And one of their songs is um, Who You Say I Am. And so listen to these, listen to these lyrics. Who the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. In my father's house, there's a place for me. 
I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Let's be people who declare over our lives that we are who he says we are. All the teaching that you have received, all the truth that Paul's have passed down to you, it's time to start engraving them onto our hearts. It's time to start doing it because the thing is, this is what the enemy will try and convince you of. And I don't like it. And I want to take a stand against it. And I want to call him out on it so that we don't let that come and just like infest our lives. The enemy will try and get into your head that Jesus can't cover all of your sin. The enemy will try and get into your head that you're too far gone, that he can't save you. The enemy will try and convince you that you are unlovable and unredeemable. And that is complete lies because Jesus is greater and he is the ultimate one. The enemy is going to try and convince you that that sin that has entangled you at the moment is okay and it's better than Jesus. The enemy is going to try and come in and convince you that kind of living this Jesus life half kind of in is okay. But actually all he's doing is robbing you of a life totally sold out for Jesus. The enemy is going to try and convince you that God is not for you. He's against you. The enemy is going to try and convince you that he can't use you. What's the point of your life? And it's all complete lies. And that's why it's so important that we decide to rise up to be people who claim the truth, who know the truth and carry truth in all areas of our life. It's so important that we get stuck into the word, that we know who God says he is. We know what God's done. And nothing, no lie could come in and try and take that away from us. Because who, who wants to live a life full of lies? Who wants to be living out of that place? I'm not okay that so many people are believing lies about themselves who are living out of lies. It breaks my heart. I've probably cried loads of tears. And like all you guys, all you young people, it pains me so much when you say lies and you speak lies over yourself because I know who God says you are and I know what God has done for you and what he wants to do in you. So be like Timothy. Hold fast. Remain tightly secured to the truth. Remain tightly secured to Jesus. Because in our life, what we hold in here, there's an overflow of it, isn't it? So if we're living um, a life full of the truth, with the truth engraved on our hearts, that will have a completely opposite effect from a life where lies are totally scarring all over your heart. So many things will try and tear you down. So many things will try and place lies. The world needs you to be people who hold on to truth. So I was thinking about this. Um, and so part of my journey has been that I've like walked in lies, that I've believed lies. Or, and I've totally taken my eye off actually what the Bible says, who Jesus says he is. And that does no one any good doesn't do me any good it doesn't do my family here any good but it, especially it doesn't do any good for the men the women the children out there who are broken and searching for truth see this is the call we got to remain secure so that we can pass it on to others so that we can show it to others 
Um, recently, we made like a wee prayer pack for our young people here. And so it, it's broken down into like three sections, ways to pray for yourself, ways to pray for others, and ways to pray for the world. But for one of the re- um, ways of praying for yourself, we decided that to write in about the promises in the Bible, about actually praying them over yourself, about speaking them into your life. And so practically, if you're sitting here tonight and you just feel like all you hear in your head and your heart is the lies that the enemy wants to try and place, go home and highlight every single verse in the Bible and get them into your head of who God says you are or what he has done. Get them in there. That's why it's so, so important for us to prioritize that time with Jesus. We don't want to just hear about him. We want to know about him. And as I was reflecting um, about this whole idea of holding fast when things come against us, I started to think about, okay, the world throws lies at us. The world tries us to... um, tries to make us fit into certain like ways and um, identities and all of that there but another thing is that we will all go through different seasons and the sad thing about it is that there's some seasons that are really really difficult there's some seasons that are really painful we talked about this a while ago in church there's some seasons that are just really hard to deal with and I wonder um, tonight if that is you or maybe this might, this might be a season approaching. What are you going to hold on to during that season? Where is your security tied to? What are you grasping hold of in that? Because um, as we have already said, the Bible talks a lot about what is in here comes out. Proverbs um, 4.23. Um, Chrissy, I think there's a wee slide with it up. Keep going. Keep going, keep going, keep going, yeah, (laughs) go back, (laughs) go back. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. So that means what you hold on will determine how you act and how you react, how you respond. So that's why it's really important that you have a look at what you're holding on to tonight. And what you're deciding to um, remain in and secure yourself to. That's why it's really, really important. Because I know what I want to hold on to during those moments. I know what I want to hold on to in those moments. I want to hold on to a God that is good despite the circumstance. I want to hold on to a God that has defeated the enemy and the grave. That's who I want to hold on to. And tonight, if that is where you're at, where you are literally feeling like, I could just give up right now, Katie. I could just give up believing all these things that I've been told about God, that I've come to know about God. I just want to give up because actually this is really painful and this is really hard. It's really hard for me to see the God who you say in my situation. But I want to say to you, don't give up. Don't give up. Hold on. Keep holding on. There's been times in my life, especially over the last uh, maybe year and a half or so, where it felt like, yeah, I could give up because I don't feel like God is who he says he is right now. But I am so thankful I didn't. I'm so thankful that I decided every day to remind myself of who he was, of who he said he is, of what he said he's done and is going to do. Because that determined like then my actions and my reactions. It did. It, it gave me strength. It kept me going forward. It kept me moving. 
Don't give up tonight if that is where you're at, where you feel like you just want to let go of everything that you've been told about God or you know, don't give up. Engrave it on your heart. Engrave him on your heart because as we said earlier, it sets you free. It sets you free. So hopefully you've got this idea then that we need to be men and women who hold fast to the teaching that they've received. To hold on to truth rather than lies and to live from that. And we've already mentioned then that Paul was the one that passed it down. Paul was the one that passed it down to Timothy. Um, and so that's another thing I want to ask you and challenge you on. What are you passing down to people? Are you being truth givers? Are you keeping hope alive for the generation that is coming behind you? Dave kind of started to mention this um, last week about who is your Paul, who's your Timothy, so that kind of idea of who's important in you and who are you important in all of that. But I think my challenge is what are you important? Are you important truth into the lives that are coming and watching and looking on? Is it truth that you're given? Or actually have you let things come in um, that aren't of God, that aren't great? And that's what you're passing on. Because we need to be really, really careful, don't we? We don't want to pass on jealousy. We don't want to pass on deceit. We don't want to pass like competition with other, but we want to just pass on the truth. We want to pass on the truth. Discipleship and keeping the truth alive is so central and important. We have to be people that keep truth and hope alive. Um, generational, I love that whole intergenerational thing. Um, I like always talk about it. I love when people get around each other and throw the arm around each other. And like, it's so good to just receive something from someone that's just pure wisdom. And then you always find, well, this is what I do. People will pass something on to me and then I'll pretend like it's mine and I'll pass it on to somebody else. And then I'll look great. But um, it's so, so good. And it's so important because... Timothy was able to hold on to something because it was passed down to him, okay? And a few weeks ago, um, at Cara, we were looking at the hope of the Passover. And of course, like, a lot of that is to do with, like, Jesus. He was going to be the perfect blameless lamb that was going to come. But there was one thing that really um, stood out to me and got me reflecting a wee bit. So the, the children of Israel, they were there for hundreds of years in Egypt in captivity, weren't they? Hundreds and hundreds of years. Um, they were in slavery. They were in a really harsh environment. It was difficult. Um, but what, like you notice, is that they never stopped crying out to God to deliver them. They never stopped. And I can't help but think that's because the generation that was before them was going to say, this is our God and he is going to do this. A generation went before them and told them of what God would do, of the deliverance that he would bring. That meant that in their slavery and in their hardship, they never stopped crying out, God, deliver us. God, deliver us. Because then God came through. Imagine if that hadn't happened. Imagine if the hope had just been lost. But it wasn't. The generation didn't give up believing and hoping. They kept that and then they passed it down. Um, in Psalm 78, it'll come up on the screen. Um, I was reading this recently and it really struck me. We will not hide these truths from our children. We will tell the next generation about the glorious deeds of the Lord, about his power and his mighty wonders. For he issued his laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them even the children not yet born. And they, in turn, will teach their own children. 
So each generation should set its hope anew on God, not forgetting his glorious miracles and obeying his commands. This is why it's really important that we got a hope, 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 this is why it's really important that we got to hold on to the teaching, to the truth that has been imparted so that we can impart it on and we see hope renewed, lives restored, lives changed because you don't know um, the impact that your simple actions of speaking about God's good deeds will have on people. That could be massive. It could be massive. We won't know ever probably. But it's so important that we get this. So are we passing down truth, truth that sets people free and truth that shows God's glory and his ways? Maybe that's something that you need to reflect on and think about. What am I passing? Am I holding a grudge? Am I holding something that actually isn't of you, God? Is that what I'm rubbing off on people? And then I want to like then talk about just our final like point then. When you look at the latter end of the verse, it talks about this, um, a pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. A pattern shaped by the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus. So Paul also goes on to talk about a pattern in this whole like saga of like holding fast and holding on to something to know in truth. That then what follows from that is a pattern shaped in your life. When we hear the truth, there needs to be a pattern shaped in our lives. There needs to be something that's modeled out, that's molded, that's outworking in a certain way in our lives. Because people are going to look on and watch. And we've read the verse um, and we see the importance of knowing God and holding on to his truth. But we need to let that affect us. We need to let it affect us because see what goes on in here in our heads, what we get like receive, it needs to affect what's in here so that it can affect around here. There's no point just holding stuff in here that you can bring out like during an argument or to put like look good in a Facebook status or something. No, the reason why it goes in here is so that it can affect here, so it can have an impact here. It's really, really important that as you decide to hold fast, decide to hold on to his truth, that there's a model being shaped out in your life then. It's not enough just to like, keep it here and just perceive him only there. He's saying there's a pattern to be shaped out in love and grace. And this is what I get really excited about. I've always been that. I'm like a really practical person. I love doing things. I'm like, yes, I love to see people just showing Jesus. Because I know they've went into the quiet place that they know something of his character. They've let that change and like soften in here. And that just comes out of them. It just comes out of them. We try to perceive God only in our minds and not through our love and action. Yet Paul in this charge highlights love and grace. To hold on to his truth is not just to hold it here in our heads, but to allow it to affect every part of our being, in our actions, and in our character. And we should never grow tired of that. See, the thing with holding fast, isn't it? It's just a one-time thing. It's a daily thing. It's something that you have to keep going at. It's not just like, okay, right, yeah, I'll hold on just this one time. No, no, it's each and every day that you're saying, okay, God, I'm going to grasp this. I'm going to grip this with everything I have. And I'm going to allow you to work and mold in here. 
We should never grow tired of that. Um, a guy called Faye, I don't know if any of you read a lot of books, but I remember having to like read this, this guy in uni. He um, like talked, he says that um, the sense of the phrase would suggest that there needs to be a modeling out of the teaching and faith and love. There's a need for you as you hear the truth to model it out in your life. Just as I said earlier, we need people who know the truth and let the truth set them free so that they can set others free. Um, a guy called Dallas Willard, I've been reading a great book at the minute, um, Phil loves it too, you can really nod there, <laughs> and what he says, I absolutely love the way he then puts this, listen to this quote, um, yeah, it's up on the screen, his presence among us, his actions and teachings manifested and ex- explained the kingdom, he won disciples by showing them the kingdom and inviting them to it by touching their hearts. He changed their vision of reality and their intentions for life. I absolutely love that. There was the teaching, but it didn't just stay as words. It went in. It sunk in. It molded. It shaped manifested let's read that again his presence among us his actions and teachings manifested and explained the kingdom he won disciples by showing them the kingdom and inviting them to it by touching their hearts he changed their vision of reality and their intentions for life it's beautiful isn't it there was a manifestation of the truth There was a manifestation of the truth. And I wonder, as you look at yourself, as we take stock, as we take account, do you see a manifestation of truth in your life? Do you see a pattern unfold in your life? Do you see your actions start to form and change because the more truth that you receive, you start to see that mold you? There is a manifestation in the character and operating of Jesus that is reflecting his teaching. And he's our ultimate role model, isn't he? And so we want to follow that. So the same should be seen in us as we choose to hold on to and pursue his teaching, that which is sound and is good, because all things of Jesus is good. It's good. So I was like thinking about this. Um, so I kind, I kind of like, so I did like school, but it was a wee bit of um, a last minute at the same time. I never did my homework and stuff, but I liked being about school. And so I started to reflect on the whole idea of like teaching and you receiving um, it and all of that. And I started to think about people who go on um, to learn a trade. Okay, so they go on and they learn a trade and they usually learn a trade. So a woodworker or a builder or whatever, they learn a trade from somebody who has done it before them. Okay, so the person teaching them isn't just someone like who has like it all in their head, but it's someone who's done it, who's worked in the job, who's worked in the industry. And so they go and they learn, but they don't just keep it in here, do they? What's the point of going to like woodworking class and building class if you're not going to build anything? There's no point learning that if you're not going to build anything, okay? And so they take it in here, but they allow something different then to be formed in their life. They'll go, they'll learn the trade from those who went before them, and then they allow something different to happen in their life because they've got a new trade. They've got something that they can give into life now. They've got, it's going to change their job. It's going to change their personal life, all those things. They don't just hold the teaching in here, but they put it into practice, And they start to build things in their life. I want to be like those people. I don't want to just hear the words of Jesus and sit back and do nothing about it. 
I want to hear the words of Jesus and be like the woodworkers and the builders and start to build things in my life, build things around me, impart things in to others. So as you spend time with Jesus, as you go on a journey of discovering him, don't let it just be words. Let it be more than that. Let it be life-giving. Let it be life-changing. What are you doing with the teaching that you have heard? Are you letting it form a pattern in your life? Is it manifesting in your life? Or are you just holding it all up here? Um, Clara and the guys, do you want to come up? Um, we're going to like respond in a wee while, but... As I said, I'm an extremely practical person, okay? I'm that really annoying person that wants to play games all the time. Um, if you ever go on a long plane journey with me, be prepared. <laughs> I'm one of those annoying people. Um, I love doing things. I can't even sit still for too long either. You'll see me getting agitated if you're like standing for ages in the one place. I'll always have to walk about and all that there, okay? So I like being practical. I like being practical, and I know not everybody's like that, but that's the way I am. And when I read God's truth, I can't help but think he likes us to be practical about it. He likes us to be practical about it, and I'm okay with that. And so, I, as I said, I don't want to take um, what I learn and come to know about God and just keep it in here somewhere, but I really do want to put it into practice. I really do want to put it into practice. You see, the Pharisees knew a lot about God and the God story, but they too often weren't seen practicing it in love and grace. They weren't too often seen doing that. I want to take what we learn and let it come alive in us because I truly believe that every single person could flip this world upside down if they truly do that. Because you will be a vision um, of what Jesus is like and what he can do. And as we said at the start, we want to be men and women that lead their lives um, with the truth of God written all over their hearts. And the thing is, it might hurt to let that start happening it might cost something to let that start happening but it's so worth it it's so so worth it God has been faithful to us so will we be faithful to him will you let his ways sink in and mold here will we be people who prioritize time in his presence not to gain something or to retain some like head knowledge or something that sounds great but to truly know him and in return be shaped in his ways and as I said, we don't need more lies in this world. We don't need more things that will tear people down, that will break them, that will take them away from all that God has for them. We don't need that. We want to take a stand against that. We need people who are truth bearers because they've heard it and they've retained it. And what I was thinking um, tonight then, the guys have a few songs like lined up. And when we worship, we're really speaking out his truth, aren't we? We're speaking out the truth of who he is or what he's done in our lives. And so I want us to worship tonight. To be like, no matter what season you're in or maybe what's coming against you that is trying to tell you lies, that you are going to be, I'm going to be someone who declares the truth because it's been instilled in here and I'm going to hold on and I'm going to hold fast to it. Then I'm going to remain in it no matter what. And maybe tonight... Um, you need people to get around you and pray for you because there is lies that are just tearing you down that need to be broken for you to fully come alive in all that God has for you. And the guys um, are at the back. They would love to pray for you for those things. But most importantly, I just want to stand, stand as the redeemed, 
and just speak his truth over every area of my life. To believe in who he said he is and who he says I am. Um, so could you stand with me? Is that okay? Jesus is attractive, whether people want to admit it or not. So let's carry him. Let's really carry him. Let this almost be like, so Grant always talks about like putting a stake in the ground, okay? That's one of his things that he always tells young people. Let's put like moments in the ground where we're going to look back and we're going to say that actually I made a commitment and an action to change something or to go after something. So let tonight be our stake where we're going to say actually we're going to be people who are filled with truth and not lies. We're going to be people who are going to hold on despite it being hard, despite it being difficult because we know who God says he is and he is good. Let that be a stick where you're actually, you see those lies maybe that people have spoken over you or that you have felt that the enemy has tried to creep in and tell you that this is a night where you're going to be like, no more, no more. Because this is what the Bible says about my Jesus. And so the, that's what we're going to do. We're going to worship because I love coming into his presence to do that. And so I'd love to pray for you um, as you do that. Could you even hold out your hands to be okay? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get excited about carrying the truth again. It's almost like you're carrying it right now. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus, that you are the truth and you set us free. And I just pray for every single person in this room, God, that you would come, Holy Spirit, and just flood them with the truth of who you are. And we just push back any lie or any deceit of the enemy over their lives, God. We say no more in Jesus' name. And God, tonight we want to declare that you are good, God, that you are able to save, God, that you are mighty, God, that you are faithful, that you remain in all things. We want to declare your truth, God, and even over situations that are difficult or whatever it may be, God, we want to declare you over it. Because God, tonight we want to say that we will be people that will hold fast, that will hold on to all that you say that you are. And God, help us to pass that on too. God, if you need to, if you need to like remold something in our hearts that we've maybe been passing down, something that's not of you, God, we pray, come, would you remold? Would you remold? So God, we thank you for who you are. And we just love you. We love you. In Jesus' name. We hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. For more information about our church and all that we do, please visit our website at emmanuel-church.co.uk.